righty. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Howard Sapp with now, and we are back here today just talking about a few things. And one of the big, definitely one of the big issues that our state of Florida is facing and Fort Myers. But one thing we're going to talk about, and that is racism. Racism. And I know that's a topic that so many people are afraid of. A lot of people, they don't want to touch that particular thing because they feel as though as a as a white person, if I say a certain thing or I say a certain word or whatever, then I'll be labeled as racist or as a black person. If I say a certain thing or do a certain act or just be me at times, then the racism piece is, is uttered and enacted. And it's but it's just so much that that goes in with that word racism and how our country actually is acting when it comes to the blacks, the whites, the Hispanics, the Jews, uh, the you know, LGBTQ. And I know all of that is not necessarily racism. And some of that can be racism, but it also can be part of discrimination when it comes to age and other things. But we want to talk more so about the racism piece. And one of the things, and I want to make sure that everybody's aware of how we want to say this. And some things people may agree with, you may agree with, and some things you may not. But we do have with us also joining Dr. Cindy Banye. She's up with us. Definitely a person that's there when it comes to the political scene and how the political scene has been acting and how the political scene has been playing out You know, with a lot of topics, with a lot of issues. She's been one that has a lot of knowledge and not a lot of insight on these. So welcome, Dr. Cindy Banye. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah. Certainly always there with us, my cohort. So I'm glad to have you with us today. And just talking about this particular subject, racism. And here's the thing is I'm a black guy. You're, you know, a white woman and we're talking about racism, but I believe, I just believe that when it comes to people, it has nothing to do with black, white, male, female, right. anything like that. But it's just but talking about people. So I'm glad to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks, Howard. Definitely. So one of the things I was really looking at and looking at racism, how we see a lot of the things that Governor Ron DeSantis is doing and a lot of the things that the legislation that's going across in that's actually being signed off, legislation is being signed off in our state. You can really say that a lot of those hit that racist mark when it comes to those particular things. I know when one of the big things that came out when they were talking about CRT and they were talking about CRT and how the African-American studies and how they didn't want CRT to be taught and that type thing and how we're indoctrinating students and kids into a certain way of thinking and, you know, how the African-American studies wasn't or had very little in the way of educational Um, Educational value is what I believe Ron DeSantis had said about the AP African-American history course, which he did not approve for the state of Florida's curriculum. Mm -hmm. Across the state of Florida, there are young people in high school taking those advanced placement courses who are do not have access to African-American history as one of their options. And it's why would from a standpoint of just say we're going to take this particular piece out that has something to do with a group of people, an ethnic group of people, just take that out of your educational system or your educational curriculum. It's no longer available to you just because of whatever reason you have. And I've still yet to determine what what that reasoning. I was going to say, you're dancing around it. The reason is white supremacy. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and help you out here. Go ahead, go ahead. It's white supremacy. And it's the complete desire for the Republican Party under Ron DeSantis, particularly here mm-hmm. in, in Florida, who want to 
dog whistle their way. It's not even dog whistles anymore because no, these, these are like not. loud blaring sirens, yes, right? Yes. We do not want to be inclusive. We do not want to have our students exposed to African-American history. We do not want students in the state of Florida to have when what that's the whole parental bill of rights was like they don't want right. them to feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable they don't want them right. to feel sad mm -hmm. because the treatment of black people across the history of the united states has been horrible yeah <laughs> and true. because they don't want to feel bad about that they don't want their kids to feel bad about that their choice is to say let's not talk about it at right. all it's a revamping repackaging of white supremacy mm -hmm. that's consumable for today's market that's why they picked crt because they could nobody really knew what crt was critical race theory but it sounds like something that, that they could make into the boogeyman for their yeah. political campaigns we are we go. know that the real thing which is critical race theory is a academic theory and body of work in law that talks about systemic racism in the legal system. It's at a graduate level. It's not taught in any of the classes, definitely not in the K to 12 system, but they purposefully rebranded it with the idea that, Hey, we can gin up this like inner white supremacy that's laid dormant or been like just under the surface in mm -hmm. the South. Yeah. Um, people felt like they had to put it away. And when you have, Donald Trump, who opened the floodgates to ethnic scapegoating as part right. of his political mm -hmm. strategy, Ron DeSantis just stepped right in there with CRT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it amazes me, you know, how, like I said, you can take that. And when I was looking at just different things, just say for the, for the Fort Myers area, and I was looking at racism in just say Fort Myers, and even with looking at that, the news precedent, and I'll say just looking from the news press in their perspective, they've had so many different articles and so many different segments dealing with racism. And I'm talking about, they'll go back to the 50s, the 60s, even coming up to 2017, last year and these type of things where they have, they've shown and they've talked about, I know one, one of the segments was a news press segment. They were talking about racism in, in Fort Myers and how in Fort Myers you have, they were talking about that the average income for whites are just say that their average income is about the median income was about $53,000. Poverty for that same group of people was about 13%. The average income for blacks was $36,000. But the poverty was double that of the whites mm -hmm. up to 26%. So when you begin to look at different things and when you begin to look at, like they say, the systematic racism, and a lot of people don't want to talk about the systematic racism piece. And one one of the things that, that I had thought of when we look at that, it, it's, and a lot of people will say, okay, no, it's not the racism. It's not systematic because blacks, they can vote. Hispanics, they can vote just like other everybody else can vote. They can do these things and they have access to quote unquote certain things. But two, two thoughts came to mind. But with those particular statements, according to this article, again, with the news press, they said, because of, they said, if we wanted to do in Fort Myers close to, I think they said a total integration, 60% of the, of the blacks would have to move to white areas. And they were saying, why is this important? And again, from the news press, they said, it's important because of jobs, education, and et cetera. And it goes on down the line. What does this have to do with anybody else and, and blacks and that type of thing? Even as far as our 
legislative system today, one of the things, and we know, one of the things that they have tried to do and what they've done, and we talk about the gerrymandering so many times, when you begin to say, okay, a person has a right to vote, yes, you have the right to vote, but when you divide that vote, when you take basically that vote and then pretty much nullify its voice, then that can no longer affect you or affect or have effective change when it comes to making a decision. Why? Because you've divided that vote. Now the black votes, the Hispanic votes, anybody else's vote that you want to divide or separate, now they can't get representation that looks like them in places where they're able to make decisions for them. So yes, you give, you've given them or they still have the right to vote, but that vote is so watered down now because of the gerrymandering, because of the way mm -hmm. that you separated and divided that vote. Now that vote does not have the sting that it would have or could have had you not done that. And that's why it's so important that people understand that, no, you know, it. yes, you still have the right to vote. Is there racism and is there unfairness? Yes, there is. Is it systematic? Yes, there is. Because via your systems and the way that you've, the way that you've, put things together has taken away that voice. And that's a system thing, not any, no, it's totally 100%. systematic. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking as you were talking about that, about particularly the county commissions here in mm -hmm. Lee County. So we have all of the districts are at large. So that means everybody right. in the total population have to vote for the city or the county commissioners. And that has been a major role in disenfranchising black voters in Lee County mm -hmm. because the black vote is the bulk of the black population is still where they had been during the segregated area, still in Safety mm -hmm. Hills, now Dunbar. Over 80% of the black population lives in that same set of zip codes. And mm -hmm. they can never get the adequate representation because you have to vote get the vote for the whole entire county exactly. and right. that becomes watered down like you said yeah that def definitely and that's the thing and you look at those things and you said you know what a lot of people don't understand when you said your yeah, safety hills and a lot of people don't know what safety hill is let's see it and, that, and that's funny because when i was looking and looking at some of the interviews and stuff like that that the news press had done with many people and back in the day back in the day safety hill was a big thing because just so people would know that's listening safety hill is basically the railroad tracks that divide between the white and black communities the railroad tracks that divided right the railroad tracks that divided found the fowler street that divided if you go west of the railroad tracks then you're going into downtown towards mcgregor if you go to the east of there that's a dunbar area and back in the day they had to where a lot of blacks were very cognizant of being back across Safety Hill at a certain time because of the fact that they didn't want any issues, problems, stuff like that. Because of the racism, because of the yeah. white black issue that Fort Myers had. And, and yes, Fort Myers. By sundown, right? Yeah, by sundown. It'd be back That's across it. otherwise. And there had been a lynching in Fort Myers. And. That's true. It was very much related to this part, the segregated part of the community. As yeah, and I do remember a few years ago during the Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend, we had a march from Clemente Park to downtown, and I was walking with a friend of mine who grew up in Safety Hill, and he's now in his he's in his sixties now, so he okay. had lived there when the area was legally segregated. Gotcha. Uh, and as we're walking across the train tracks, I said to him, I said, "Can you imagine?" 
the situation, right? Like how there's actually a march right now and people are marching now across the train tracks. And I said, I don't know how many other, and I was running for Congress, I don't know how many other politicians or other folks understand the significance of this march and of crossing these railroad tracks. Yeah, yeah, which in which in in a lot of I think a lot of the young African Americans and even not just African Americans, but a lot of the young white people don't understand that particular history part of Fort Myers, and and I'm sure that it's very similar to other parts of Florida. But this is what because of our current governor don't want people to talk about and want to say right. that these are things that you know have not happened. And here's the thing: no one is saying that. If, you know, something happened 50 years ago, a person now is responsible for that. No one is saying that. And that's never been the issue of problem. But it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Right. For people to understand that this is something that happened to a group of people. And again, plenty of issues and stuff like that. And not just Blacks, but his, Hispanics. And now we're dealing with the going with, again, like I said, the integration, the segregation, but then also dealing with the immigrants and stuff like that coming into the right. area, the integration laws and stuff like that. You know, how you're trying to keep people out for whatever reason. Should oh, there be, Yeah, exactly. You it's know, not and, for and business. That, <laughs> <laughs> you. And, that, and that's it. And it just amazes me, you know, how people can want or people would think that just because, you know, something you know, happened years ago does not mean that it still does not have the effects that it has today still on a group of people or uh, an area, a system. And these are the things that we have to make sure that we are trying to overcome, get better, do better, and then go from there. People want to say, and I ask sometimes, I ask some of the younger African-Americans, do you feel as though there's that there's still a lot of racism in today's society? Some would say, yeah, it's okay. Then others would say yes, and others would say, I don't really see. And for people to understand actually what the racism is, and of course, again, they don't want to talk about, again, the systems that are put in place that's actually against them when it's right. time for them to buy a home, when it's time for them to buy a car. And one of the things that I saw just here recently, how this one person was talking about al- algorithms and how al- algorithms were set up to target certain people for certain things and to basically say, right. if you are of this particular gender, age or color or whatever, then you're not going to be able to access this. And the algorithms are being basically written into the systems and everyone, their policies or their their computer. How can that not be a systematic racism piece when you're writing that type of code into your current system? And that's where a lot of people don't see. So it may not necessarily be outwardly to say that you go to an office and this mortgage lender would say, or this bank would say, no, because you're black, no, because you're Hispanic, no, because you're LGBTQ, whatever it is, you're gay or lesbian or whatever the case. No, but they're going to write it into their system to where it's behind, the, you know, just like when you see that with the Wizard of Oz, you know, the man behind the curtain. Behind the man know? behind the curtain. <laughs> I just watched that with my family. Oh. And I think that you're right. I think it's really valuable for people to understand because I think in the discussion on racism, people they think of the like interpersonal racism, Mm -hmm. like it's somebody calling another person a bad name or putting up a whites only sign or something. And that was like racism of yesteryear. 
And that itself hasn't 100% gone away. And that itself has also seen a resurgence since potty mouth, garbage face Donald <laughs> Trump, right? Where he's just like Definitely, spewing yeah. all this stuff. Right. And there's been a, there people who have been tracking this, the ACLU and other organizations have seen an uptick in this kind of interpersonal racism. But I think m- from a policy perspective, it's much more important to understand the systemic racism, to understand the data behind it, because that's where a lot of this recent discussion has come from. And I know as somebody who had been a part of analyzing data to come up with equity gaps, this is what I learned. I did a piece of research that showed that black and brown students were graduating less than their white counterparts. So we were talking mm-hmm. about 83% of white students were graduating on time, but only 65% of black students were graduating on time. Mm-hmm. Now that's a huge discrepancy. Like in the world of like statistics, that's you did you need an answer. You start demanding right, like right. reasons. Like why is there a 20 point and almost a 20 point gap here? Right, exactly. And actually the Hispanic students were like right in between. So they were about 10 points behind. Still there's something going on, right? And When also you pair that with the numbers, you're actually talking about, so the number between the number of white students and the number of black and brown students, it was nearly twice as many total number of students that were dropping out. Wow. So because our schools in Southwest Florida and in many places around the country, the younger population is much more black and brown than older generations. Exactly. Yeah. So we've been majority minority since 2018 in mm-hmm. Southwest Florida. Mm-hmm. So that means the majority of the students in each cohort are more, there's more black and brown students than there are white students. Exactly, okay? exactly. And so that's why we're talking about, it was actually like a double in numbers. It was about 700 some odd white students were not graduating on time where it was almost 1,500 black and brown students. So, and that's that was like every year. So a year and wow, year wow. out. Um, and the data's changed a little bit because they did some squirrely stuff. Now we can go down a data rabbit hole another day. But, but the thing that was hard for me Even going back to, it was like 2017, 2016, when I was having these conversations with Mm -hmm. leaders in our community, no one wanted to touch racism. Mm -hmm. And I was saying like, this is evidence of systemic racism. And they're going, oh no, let's talk about poverty or something else. The first year I actually had to change my data. We did not release the ones, the information that highlighted the racial discrepancy. Oh, really? Because people, yes. And because I was said, oh, that's too... It's too hot. Let's like talk about poverty. So we did it. And it's, it's like the numbers somewhat correlate, wow, right? You're wow. talking similar numbers, but people would rather have the poverty discussion than the race discussion. Luckily, mm-hmm. the next year I was able to, because I had, I brought up the same, the new same. set of data showing mm-hmm. the same tons of black and brown students dro- dropping out, not completing on time compared to white students. And I said, I do not have an answer of why. I said, but we have a duty knowing this to tell people. So we then published that information and then began engaging groups of young students, young high school students, some youth to Mm -hmm. try to get some feedback as to why they think there might be this gap. And that work, I don't know if it's really continued on because I was pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved on to other things. But I think, you know, it's happening in our backyard, right? It is. And I don't, I really don't think that there's been a concerted effort to even address it within our education system. And part of it is too, like I said, that they changed the data because they now just move all the struggling students out of the cohort totally and stick them in virtual school. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they would rather shift the problem away. 
and, and that's crazy. And it's, and the way that I look at it, it's almost like the, I guess the ostrich, when the ostrich just sticks his head in the sand, I'm thinking, I think it's, if I don't see it, then it's not there. It's not yeah. going to harm me or hurt me or anything like that. But just like you were saying, when they don't want to talk about these particular things and, and when, you know, it's, 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 technology is good and bad. When you look at technology, I know back in the day, it's when it came to certain games and stuff like that, you had the Atari system. I had the Atari system, the little blip, and you, the one little dot, you had a paddle that hit the dot, and then it goes across the screen and the other, other Wrong. Side, the paddle hit the dot. But that was our video game. But now you have technology has come to the point of games being everyone can play a game from I'm in Florida, you can be in California, we can play the same game together and it's the graphics are such that it's so real and we can run, we can do certain things. And that's technology, but it also technology would allow for, just like we were saying, algorithms to be set to target a certain group, target a certain a type of people, target a certain demographic to whereas you can begin to move things around and, and these people can't get the same type of treatment or you would allow your right. algorithm that these people won't get the same type of treatment that others would get. They begin to be, but that discrimination piece is not readily visible because of the technology that we currently now have. So you people can make, and, and I've seen this in, in job that I've had before, but you can make numbers say whatever you want them to. You can adjust and you can trend and you can, you, you can manipulate the data to say what you wanted to say if for whatever point you want to get across. But the truth is, but like you were saying, the proof is still in the pudding. When mm -hmm. you go to, like you said, when you have a number of students of a particular group that's not, like you said, graduating or finishing school or whatever, as compared to another group of students going to the same schools, getting the same education, getting mm -hmm. the same instruction and it's not to where is this other group is any smarter, any brighter or anything like something is wrong somewhere. And we have to begin to call a spade. And that's where people really don't want what they really don't want to do. And when you begin to pull certain or make certain make certain legislative moves, that's going to continue to keep people down and keep them into this dark season or whatever you want to call it. We have to do something. We have to stand up. We have to make sure that we pull the cover off of this particular piece and let our kids know, look, this is, it's not fair to you. When you see something wrong, you got to say something. When, when it's not working and, and there's an issue or problem, whatever the case may be, you have to say something. So we have to make sure that we, as those that are champion, that want to champion this for all and leaving no one behind or making sure that everybody is treated fairly and equitably across the board, regardless of whatever it is, if it's racial divide, diversity, gender, ethnicity, education, whatever it is, we want to make sure that everybody is treated fairly. And if it's, right. and pull the, pull the cover off of, like you say, this systemic racism that no one wants to talk about, that they want to say that it's not there. That's what our governor wants to do now. He we're there. To, yeah. He wants to hide now that he's quote unquote running for president, but he wants to put laws in a place that's going to actually cover him. He don't want people to know, you know, you know, his travel agenda. He don't want to know what's what people to keep up with him and what he's doing. So this quote unquote absentee governor that's now running for president, but he's still governor. Don't want anybody to make. Well, him and that's what all this stuff really is. Oh yeah. It, it's to get people worked up about racism because there's a whole bunch of people that 
want to live in fantasy land of the post-racial society. We had Obama as a president, so racism doesn't exist now. <laughs> and so they want to live in this. Joke, man. I know. But that's what people say and they think, oh, it's everything is fine now, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to live in that. And there's a whole bunch of people, a bunch of white people who are very disconnected with the actual reality of mm -hmm. what's going on. And they were living the same. We can't say the N-word anymore, so racism doesn't exist, right? So when you use the data <laughs> and you're like, the N-word's not a good thing. Also having twice as many black and brown students drop out of high school because there's something wrong with the school system is also not right. like a great thing. Exactly. Black people not being able to get the appropriate appreciation or value on their homes simply mm -hmm. because they're black yes. is not right. Yes. Black people not being able to buy homes <laughs> because yes, of redlining because, and things yes. like that. Immigrants being forced out of this state because of the punitive policies. But all of this is to get people going. And they're like, yeah, because Americans are white. And if that is my vision, right, and then I can get distracted with all the stuff and like, you guys need to act more like Americans, quote unquote, white mm -hmm. and get along to get along. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is gutting freedoms and rights yep. and yeah, exploiting public dollars and publicity for his own political purposes. Exactly. And it's just, it's smoke and mirrors. It's to get everybody chinned up over here and fighting here. So we don't realize what's going on over there. That, that that's all it is. Like you say, it's just smoke and mirrors. That that that's all it is. And that's I was having a conversation with someone, I can't remember exactly who it was, but talking about the same just like you were saying, it, it's almost like this like a magician, a sleight of hand. Yeah. I want you to look at this hand, but you're not looking at what the other hand is doing. Right. So I'm gonna keep you distracted over here. Oh, this over here won't you won't be able to see what's going on. It's just no different from you know what I, I think that we're having a conversation about with Poverty, but not just poverty, but just like with the wick and now with the debt ceiling and stuff like that. But people thinking that it's more black and brown people that's on welfare. So they want to try and take away the welfare. And it's that's not the case. It's not the case, you know, and it's like, really, guys, just because of the fact that there are some that are on welfare, it doesn't mean that's the predominant race that's utilizing these welfare dollars. When you look at it and right. it is what it is. I think it really pretty much proves everybody's point that they're doing things just because they think that it's going to hurt a certain group of people and it's going to turn around and bite them in the butt. But we want to make sure that what we have and what's going on, we are truly informed about, like I said, the racism that's going on in, in our state, in our local area, in our cities, in our communities, and making sure that we continue to push for the equality that that's due and that to do the right thing. And that, that's basically it. Yeah. Just, just do the right thing. Treat people like people and not yep. think that, you know, anybody else is any better than anybody else because you're not. But we have to make sure and we have to fight for it. How do we fight for it? You fight for it by becoming informed. You fight for it by understanding what's going on. You fight for it by knowing that you have a right to vote. And when it's time to vote, please and please go and vote. And I want to make sure and push this out there again, you know, that if you used to vote by mail, make sure that you go on to me.vote and make sure that you go there and register, re-register to get your vote by mail ballot. You want to make sure yep. that everybody does that. Because, and update you know, your signature while you're there. Update yes. that signature. And because that's one thing that they use to throw out your vote. So you have to sign at the ballot box or on your vote mm -hmm. by mail, the same way that they have it. So if you don't remember, 
write it down, make it match your license, whatever technique you think will help you to make sure that you're signing the same way when you send your ballot in. Exactly. So we want to make sure that everybody does their vote by mail ballot. And I think that vote by mail is one of the biggest ways that the biggest percentage of people that vote, they're doing the vote by mail. So whatever it is, however you do it, make sure that you get out and make your vote count. We want to make sure that we get people into these political places to where these political offices that's going to fight for us, fight for what's right, fight for the the things that that are important to us, fight for those things and make sure, you know, that our voices are being heard because right now it is tough. It's nasty out there right now. We want to it make is. sure, we want to make sure that we begin to fight and we can, and just like they said, you know, one time at a few times, but I was talking to actually my brother and he said, yeah, if, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. Then you're on the menu. You know, That's right. If you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. We want to make sure that we're at the table when it comes to decisions, when it comes to our educational decisions, when it comes mm-hmm. to our health decisions, when it comes to our insurance decisions, when it comes to whatever it is, uh, those things, we want to make sure that we are at the table so that we can have a voice in how things are happening with our community, our families, our dollars, our health. our dis- We want to make sure that we are being able to make some decisions and choices ourselves and not just accepting what people want to give to us. Because trust and believe, they're going to give you what they want you to have and not what you want. So we want to make sure (laughs) that we get out there and vote and do. And the only way that we're going to be able to understand a lot of these things is making sure that we are educated as far as these things or the things that are going on. We're educated as far as the things that are affecting us. If education is important to you, go to the school board meetings, look up and see what's going on. Look up the the legislation and the laws that are affecting now our education. These things are are happening if it's whatever it is. So we want to make sure that we are well-informed. Yep. We want to make sure that we are well-informed. Again, um, we're not going to be too much long on here, but we can go because it's so much research that I did on the racism piece here just in Fort Myers. And it's not, a, I don't want to go into the history class, but it, we can go from the 60s to the 70s. We can start back in 1926. We can, mm-hmm. we can go that far, but, but Fort Myers is Fort Myers. And like I say, it has a lot of nice beaches and everything, but just like any place else, Fort Myers has a history. Some good, some bad. Some things you need to know though, right? Exactly, but it is what it is. And just one one thing that someone had told me before, every family has a history. Every family has a history and you're a part of that history. Some of the history is good. Some of the history is not so good, but you're still a part of that history. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that, it doesn't mean that you are the same as that bad history or whatever happened then but it's just a part of the history. It doesn't change anything. You are who you are. You can strive to be the best person that you can be. Somebody did something back in the history that, you know, that was in your family. I have some family members that went to jail and went to prison. It doesn't mean that I'm going to jail or prison. I didn't do what they did. Mm-hmm. That's still part of my family history. I can't right. do anything about that, but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And you just go from there. Again, my name is Howard Sapp. I will be running for for office again this year, for, for 2024, I'll be running for the House of Representatives, State House of Representatives, District 78. And I will be looking for your vote. I'll be looking real, listening real soon for our official launch for the campaign. And I'll be looking for anyone that want, that's willing to help work on the campaign. We're looking to make a big difference here in the Fort Myers area. So again, Howard Sapp, District 78, House of Representatives, 
and we are looking to make a difference, make a change. So again, we're going to get ready to sign off. So any, anything, any closing remarks? I was going to say, thank you so much. This has been Now You Know with Howard Sapp from Big Mouth Media. Check out everything that we have from Big Mouth Media at BigMouthMediaFL.com. You can subscribe to this show and help us stay on the air with yes. your subscription of $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. We have some amazing things in our shop. We have amazing other shows as well. You can get everything for the low price of $19.99 a month and help support independent media right here in Florida. So thanks so much. And don't forget to join us here at BigMouthMediaFL.com. And we'll see you next time. I've been your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banier. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys.